Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Today makes two weeks in a row that we will have had the opportunity to talk to gentlemen who volunteer their time to So Powerful. Meet Toby Caps. You will recognize Toby the minute you hear his cheerful voice because he has been one of the co-hosts of the So Powerful Facebook Live unboxing parties in years past. But there is a whole lot more to Toby's involvement than calling out names and lifting boxes for So Powerful. We are going to explore Toby's role with So Powerful, but also with his other nonprofit work, his extensive career experience, and we'll get a peek into his family life too. What brings Toby here today is the story he wrote and which was published in the We Are So Powerful book. The title of Toby's story is, Please Forgive Me. And we are going to learn why forgiveness was requested in just a little while. Welcome, Toby Caps. Good morning, Jan. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're so glad you're here. You have quite the career, and we're going to start out there, and we'll get to the relationship here to So Powerful in just a moment. But you work for McKesson in their healthcare division. I believe it's called their medical surgical division. Tell us about your job and tell us a little bit about the company. Well, McKesson is the largest company in the medical industry. We're a 186-year-old corporation that basically provides everything that goes into any type of medical facility. All the medical surgical supplies, the pharmaceuticals, the medications, the equipment, electronic medical records. But most people generally have never heard of McKesson, even though we're the sixth largest corporation in America Everybody knows Johnson & Johnson and Kimberly Clark and all those folks. We actually sell all of their products for them. So we're a distributor of about 300,000 different medical items. So I work with, with customers in the medical industry, whether it be clinics or surgery centers or small hospitals, lots of different types of facilities, doctor's offices. I have some national accounts. Uh, we just provide everything that they need to get through a, a day in the business of being a doctor. Wow. And do you travel in your job? I used to travel quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Well, true. Now <laughs> we have roughly 85,000 employees that are all working out of their homes. And we have not been able to travel since the 1st of April. And that's going through at least the end of the year. So it's been a very, very different experience for all of us. As you well know, it's pretty unique doing what we do without actually being able to see people face to face. Well, prior to April, were you covering the U.S. or did you have global responsibilities? I have some national accounts that I'm responsible for, but primarily all my local businesses in the Pacific Northwest, so up in the Seattle market where I live. Now, McKesson has a history with World Vision with caregiver kits. Can you Tell us about that program, and is it still active? Sure, I'd be glad to. It's been a major part of my life. In fact, it truly changed my life. Uh, about 16 years ago, right at the peak of the AIDS pandemic, when roughly 6,000 people a day were dying of AIDS mm -hmm. across the world, 
Dana Buck, actually, from World Vision, who I served on the worship team at our church with. So that's the connection? That's the connection. Dana and I, our kids were friends in school, so we knew each other as school parents, but we went to the same church along with Pastor Kevin LaRoche, who's mm-hmm. also a board member of So Powerful. The three of us served together on the worship team, and World Vision had just had a group come back from Africa that had said one of the most important things that they could do to impact the AIDS pandemic would be to supply these much-needed medical supplies to caregivers who were spending their entire day caring for people who were sick and dying of AIDS. And they had made this presentation to Menlo Park Presbyterian Church, which was one of the biggest churches in the country, to tell them about what they were doing in Africa. And timing happened to be perfect, where uh, the folks from Menlo Park said, okay, we'll do 8,000 of these kits on Easter weekend during Compassion Weekend. And Dana and his team that were on the phone with them said, that's wonderful. We'll look forward to discussing this further. Hung up the phone and said, where are we going to get 8,000 boxes of gloves and jars of Vaseline and all the things that went into the kits? So Dana really just knew that I worked for McKesson, didn't really know much about what McKesson did, or he just knew that I was in that industry. So he contacted me and I went and met with the team at World Vision and we discussed what was going on in Africa. Uh, Frankly, I was very naive to what was happening on that side of the world. My heart was broken the very first meeting that we had. And so I was able to put together this plan to get us 8,000 of each of the items for this event in Northern California. We had an amazing experience, a three-day weekend. We had Princess Zulu from Zambia came and, and spoke to our congregation of about 3,000 people and broke our hearts. And we realized that this was something that we could do that truly had impact on the pandemic and could impact folks all around the United States as well as the world. And so that was really the beginning of the Caregiver Kit program. And so had McKesson ever done anything like this before that you're aware of? Well, no, it was very different than anything that we've ever done. What we ended up doing was creating partnerships with churches and corporations and community groups all across the United States to come together as groups and assemble these caregiver kits, which were about 15 different basic items that we take for granted here, cotton balls and and antifungal cream and things like that, that they just don't have access to in Africa. And then they come together as groups and build these, and then we ship them to a number of different countries in Africa. And so traditionally at McKesson National Sales Meetings, and I've been going to sales meetings for 45 years for different corporations, we would get this nice $75 golf shirt that had an embroidered logo with the theme of the sales meeting on it. And we'd get a nice portfolio pad that at the end of the meeting, you just throw in the closet with the 50 others there. And, and we had a brand new president at McKesson at the time, Brian Tyler, who's now the CEO of McKesson. And I just asked him what he thought about doing something different this year 
and taking all that money we were spending on these things for the reps that we really didn't need and see if we could do something that would impact the world. And we talked about what was happening in Africa and, and the way that we could approach it. And Brian stuck his neck out and said, let's do it. And so we had a sales meeting with several thousand employees. And in the middle of that meeting, we spent an entire afternoon all assembling these caregiver kits. Uh, we had Princess Zulu come and speak to everyone, talking about how she had lost her parents and her her siblings to AIDS and her aunts and uncles and how 6,000 people a day were dying. And so here's mm -hmm. all this group of type A personalities, tears coming down our cheeks, assembling these kits and it totally changed us as a corporation. The rest of the week, I had reps from all over the country that had been with the corporation for, for decades saying how this was the, the best thing that McKesson had ever done and how proud they were to be part of this organization. And, and so from then on, every single sales meeting, we've done some sort of community outreach project at our sales meetings and so much more impactful than another golf shirt. Toby, you changed the world. I mean, this is bringing tears to my eyes. I mean, this is amazing. Sometimes people have these ideas, but they don't have the courage to take them up the ladder to protect their career or whatever. You can't see this, listeners, but I'm wiping tears from my eyes. That's amazing. It was very difficult for us to be part of it without having tears in our eyes for, for over a decade we did over 1,800 events around the country. You know, Princess Zulu uh, really changed all of our lives with her stories. And then when we traveled to Africa, the caregivers that we traveled with and the, the patients that we met, the people over there just absolutely changed our lives. And it was a labor of love that took us for over 10 years. And then that moved right into So Powerful. So Dana and Jason and Kevin and I have been very blessed to be part of this for an awfully long time now. So you've gone to several African countries in your role with McKesson. And in fact, one of those trips is the basis for this story called Please Forgive Me. And as I, I read that title, I'm thinking, my goodness, what did, what did Toby do that, <laughs> that we need to forgive him for? But you're going to tell us a little bit about that trip, but specifically about what inspired that story. Well, it was one of the things, frankly, where God kind of smacked me upside of the head. This was our very first trip to Africa. We were in South Africa at the time in an area development program for World Vision called Umzimvubu. And Umzimvubu was, the best way I can describe it was if Disney put together an African village, they would have designed this village in Umzimvubu. There were rolling hills with beautiful green grass as far as you could see, and these little huts on tops of little hilltops that were painted amazing colors, beautiful pink and, and mint green and yellow. And it, it was unlike any other place I'd ever been in Africa. So we'd had an appointment to meet a caregiver 
who was going to talk to us about the program in that particular village. And so we climbed up this hill to her home, which was just a small, small little hut and chickens running around the floor. And a couple of her kids were there waiting for us, but she wasn't there. So we waited and just were enjoying the view. And we saw from a distance this lady in this big hat running up the trail to get to the top of the hill. And when she got up there, she's gasping for breath. And you could tell she felt so embarrassed that she'd kept these visitors waiting. And she said, sorry, said, please forgive me. I was burying one of my neighbors. Please forgive me. I was burying one of my neighbors. And then she just proceeded to show us her, her little hut and talk to us about, about being a caregiver as if this was just another normal day of the week. Please forgive me. I was burying one of my neighbors. So here we were, just brilliant people from America ready to save the world and got over there and realized how different life for them was than anything we had ever experienced. And so she just seared a place in my heart that can never be forgotten. That's obvious. Toby, thank you for sharing that with us. I can see, but our listeners obviously can't. You have some photos on the wall behind you. And you mentioned to me earlier that they're from a trip that you took to Africa. Tell us particularly about the photo in the middle. Well, the photo in the middle was the very first person dying of AIDS that I had the opportunity to meet. And it was in South Africa again. We were told we were going to go meet him at his home, which was again a small hut. And I don't know if you can see in the picture, but it's made of mud and there are cracks. There are cracks in the wall where you can see the sunlight coming through the cracks. And and he was just on this little mattress laying on the ground on the floor of the hut, covered with a blanket and and uh, so I didn't know what to expect, and, but I had heard from everyone that the thing that every AIDS patient missed the most was a human touch, that once they were diagnosed with AIDS, no one would ever, would ever touch them again. And so we all felt that it was so important that we would at least shake people's hands. And so I bent down to shake his hand and it was just an amazing experience. But the thing that was most amazing about it and why I cherish that picture is what seemed like taking five minutes from laying down to pushing himself hand by hand to sitting up so he could greet me. And so we would have a place to sit in his home. It was, it was so important to him to uh, be able to show hospitality to these guests that we made him sit up 
so he could greet us. And so that that picture was just iconic for me, a, a moment I'll never forget and, and one that I'll cherish forever, obviously, and a memory that I'll cherish forever. Well, Toby, why don't we take a break here? And when we come back, we're going to talk about your involvement specifically with So Powerful and how your experiences in Africa sort of tie that all together. Great. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be, the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, when you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. Welcome back. We've been speaking with Toby Caps. He's been uh, sharing with us his background and the work that he did with McKesson Medical Surgical Division to make a major impact on AIDS patients in Africa and going forward, how McKesson interacts with those in need. Um, we're going to talk a little bit now about the role that Toby plays with So Powerful and get into some of his other volunteer activities. So let's start with So Powerful. What inspired you to get involved with So Powerful, Toby? Well, it was on our second trip. This trip that I just described, I had taken my middle daughter with me on the trip. On our second trip, I took my wife, Janeri, with me. And during that trip is when we visited Esther's school in Lusaka, Zambia, in, in Nombe compound, which was a very unique part of Lusaka in an area where at the time there were about 400 children being taught by Esther and a few other teachers. Uh, there were 400 kids that were single and double orphans, meaning that either one or both of their parents had uh, died of AIDS. And they, at the time, were getting one meal of what we would think of as oatmeal. Uh, they were getting one little bowl of oatmeal a day provided by the government, and that was their food. And they, they hadn't been exposed to white people before. Uh, and so we went there, and this school just, the experiences there were seared in, in each of our hearts. And there were moments where I had five kids on each hand holding my hand and kids wanting to look at my hair because what we didn't know at the time was that men died before their hair turned gray. So they, they never saw people with gray hair and, and Janeri has blonde hair and they were amazed by that. And, and, you know, here were kids that frankly had absolutely nothing 
but they were some of the happiest people I've ever seen in my entire life. And so Jason Miles had worked with Dana at World Vision for many, many years. Jason was in charge of the trip. It broke his heart. Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, had a, a very famous line that says, let my heart be broken by the things that break the heart of God. And this was, this was one of the things that broke our hearts. And so it, it wasn't long after we got back from that trip that Jason said, we have to do something to support that school. And so right away, he and Cinnamon started supporting Esther and started supporting the school. He very quickly, because David Durr and Kevin LaRoche and Dana and Jason and I had worked together for years on the caregiver kit program, we were like the four musketeers that were always getting into these crazy ideas and crazy things that we thought we could do to you know, impact the world. And uh, so he has to join with him in being part of this program and supporting Esther. And Cinnamon was an amazing seamstress and just had this vision for what they could do through sewing to impact the girls in particular and in turn impact the women in the village. And so it was just all of us working together on another dream to do things way bigger than ourselves. And so we were thrilled to join with them in this project. Well, besides your support for So Powerful, which our focus is on keeping the girls in school, you, you focus on boys because you're very involved in the Boy Scouts. Can you talk a little bit about that? The Boy Scouts is another a huge part of my life. I joined scouting roughly 55 years ago on my eighth birthday as a little Cub Scout in Wenatchee, Washington. We were kind of in a leave it to beaver kind of town where parents would get involved in all their kids activities. And so my parents joined scouting basically the same time that I did. And my dad became a cub master and a scout master for almost 40 years. And so I went through scouting. I became an Eagle Scout. I then became the national representative for the Boy Scouts of America, where I traveled the country for a couple years on behalf of the organization and served on the National Executive Board of the Boy Scouts at the time. And so that began my career in scouting. And, you know, decades down the road, my son went through scouting as well, became an Eagle Scout. And I'm involved to this day in a variety of regional and national positions in scouting. And it's very, very important to me and another passion that I'm blessed to be part of. Do you see any similarities between the objectives or the operations of the Boy Scouts and So Powerful? Is there a bridge there that you're well, making? There, there, there is. There's a, there's a couple things. Uh, the motto of the Boy Scouts, the oath and law of the Boy Scouts, there's things that everybody knows about scouting. One of them is to do a good turn daily Another one is to help other people at all times. That's one of the tenets of the Scout Oath. And it seems like between scouting and 
world vision and so powerful. We all have the opportunity to serve as servant leaders. And so, yeah, scouting is very, very similar. There's so many opportunities for outreach and, and there's kids doing service projects all across the country, all around the world. Scouting is in almost 200 countries around the world and kids doing amazing things every single day, just just like uh, we try to do with seamstresses all around the world. It's so powerful, that, that same, same desire to help other people at all times. So yeah, very similar. Both you and your wife, Janeri, are board members for So Powerful. And Dana Buck sort of spilled the beans last week when I interviewed him and I asked him about the board meetings. He said, before the time of COVID, which I talk about that we're in now, that you and your wife, Janeri, would host a dinner at your home and probably everyone would get to see the pictures that I can see on our Zoom call here. But besides a fantastic dinner, can you... Give us some insights into a board meeting for So Powerful. Well, board meetings are always a great opportunity to get together with these dear friends that we have just stood shoulder to shoulder with for so many years in so many projects around the world. And my wife is blessed with the gift of hospitality, and she loves loves when people come to our home and, and she'll spend a couple days cleaning. Our house looks spotless, but she has to clean the whole thing anyway and make a wonderful meal for our guests. And then we sit around this table where I'm at right now. And you're right, these these pictures of Africa are in the background and it, it kind of puts us in a in a mood to discuss the things we're involved with around the world. And so the first thing we do is we pray for all of the seamstresses around the world that are impacted by this program. We, we pray for the children in Africa that this program supports. We pray for the moms and the folks that we desperately try to help through the farm and through the medical clinic and, and all the different aspects of So Powerful. And, and then we spend a lot of time talking about what we jokingly call God things. And, and those are so many different instances where something unexplainable has happened to grow this program and to support this program. And David Durr is a perfect example where at one of our board meetings, Jason was talking about the fact that the government had given up funding to feed the children at Esther School, which at that time had grown to about 1,200 people. And he happened to be in a meeting with David Durer, who also worked with them at World Vision, and had mentioned this about our program in Lusaka. And David said, well, I own a 10-acre farm just outside of Lusaka. And it turns out that he and his wife have this farm that they bought because they'd adopted two children from Zambia that they weren't doing anything with. And he said, well, let's make this farm part of what you do. It's so powerful. And let's try to feed these kids. And so we have moments like that where just amazing things happen to grow the program. So we talk about those. And then, then we talk about our dreams and what we can do differently to to grow the program. And we talk about how to support 
people like you who are doing amazing things just on their own around the world that just blow us away each and every day. And so it's really a fun group to be part of, but it's just great to be with our friends and, and dream big and see what we can take on next. Do you have a message for people who are out there making purses? You've seen the impact of those purses, I presume. Tell us about why we should continue to do that. Everybody says that I spend way too much time on Facebook. And it's actually true. But I am just amazed at how many people from all around the world are posting things on Facebook about their purses and and how this program has impacted them and figuring out what to write in their notes. And, And I know in both the caregiver kit program that we did before and and in So Powerful's work, that note card that you write has an impact that you just cannot even imagine. We see people who have tears coming down their face as they're writing a note card to a young girl. And then on the other side, when we've distributed purses or kits or whatever it may be, we see children and women with tears coming down their face because they can't believe someone from America or someone from around the world took the time to write them a note encouraging them. And that you just cannot imagine the impact that your passion makes on the lives of people in the world who will never be able to say thank you. So the work that you do is incredible and we so appreciate it. And it's so fun for us, it's so powerful to be able to get together and read each of your names, even though I terribly mispronounce them probably most of the time, and I can't figure out how to pronounce your cities, but we just so desperately want to say thank you to each and every person who takes the time to support this program. Couldn't do it without you. Well, let's wrap it up there, Toby. Thank you so much. Your life work has been an inspiration. If ever there was a definition of a life well-lived, I would have a picture of Toby Caps right next to it. So thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, Jan. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a So Powerful day.